everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Deus Ex Cinema Podcast, where we will be reviewing and fixing Season 8 of Game of Thrones. I'm your host, Aaron Clues. Joining me today is Game of Thrones superfan, Soraya Uchuk. Hi. <laughs> and Game of Thrones maybe fan, Marty Adams. <laughs> I'm a little late. Um, so obviously super spoilers ahead for probably all of Game of Thrones, but especially season eight. Um, as usual, let's start, kind of talk about where we're coming from. I can go first because I never do. Um, Sreya, what season did I start watching Game of Thrones? Because I started, I started late and that's how you and I kind of started dating. Uh, was through watching Game of Thrones. Oh, Sitting on my love seat in my dorm room. Um, I think I started. I, I think you started like third I, season. Yeah, I, like I binged the first three. With me. And then started watching them live on the fourth season. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. It was third or fourth. It doesn't matter. That's so many seasons we've watched it together. Yeah, you could say it was eight seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we did that. I'd always been interested in it before I started watching it, and then I was the only one out of the three of us that, with the newest season, watched every episode as it aired. Well, and was okay. Like, Let's, to be fair, I didn't want it to end, well, I'm which just, is why I put off watching the last two episodes. I'm just clarifying, though, that I was the only one, like, in the, in the, the, the discussion you could say, as each episode was airing. Yes. Um, so, sorry, you kind of hinted on it, but what was so what, what was your history with Game of Thrones going into this season? Oh! Uh, I had not watched it from the beginning. Um, an ex-boyfriend introduced it to me, and I binge-watched... I don't know how many... I think I binge-watched two seasons... In, in legitimately like a day. Mm-hmm. And, was, and that was back when there was like ten episodes at an hour each. Yeah. So. So that'd be like twenty hours of content. Ten hours. But if you did two seasons. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I binge that really hard. You like Lord of the Rings though, so that's nothing bad to you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I binged, it, I binged it really hard when I was first introduced to it. Um, and then I restarted when we first met. Uh, played catch up. Mm-hmm. And then we rewatched it again to prepare for the last season. Perfect segue to Marty's history with Game of Thrones. I wanted nothing to do with it for the last, like, eight years. <laughs> and uh, and then you guys wanted to watch it again for the new season. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. And then I did. And I had nothing before it. No, like... I didn't even know any... I couldn't even get spoiled for anything because I just didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Completely blind. And we should probably say... Uh, Sorry, kind of touched on this, but I saw every episode... Season 8 as it aired. Soraya saw every episode watching the last two uh, yesterday, May I 29th. did watch the last two episodes And Marty skipped the first four episodes and only watched the last two. I just, I stopped caring. It was a little bit much and I didn't have time. So before we go into it, can we talk about why you stopped caring? Just a little bit? Cover our baseline. 
Uh, well, because season season seven was also rough. Yeah, not as rough as eight. I just kind of stopped losing interest, or I started losing interest when they uh, like the inner politics and inner conflicts really stopped happening. Okay, and it was all very extrinsic, and I don't know, like all the characters that I liked in the beginning, they got me kind of hooked on it. You yeah. know, like Varys and Littlefinger and Tyrion and. Uh, you know, just all of, all of the. I, I liked all the backstabbing kind of stuff. Yeah. All the like master plans, like let's see what he's up to. You know. Mm-hmm. Like who's manipulating who kind of deal. Yeah. And then when I stopped getting to that and started getting into cliches, I kind of just didn't really care anymore. Okay. And maybe if I maybe if I watched him like as the seasons came out, I would have more tolerance for it. But, you know, we were watching, like, multiple episodes a day, a week. Yeah. Um, so, by the time we got to season eight, I'm, like, just ready for it to be over, I think. Yeah. So, w- what I want to start off with is I want to go episode by episode. Um, and I guess Serena and I can give our impressions on the episode. I'll say what they're about, what happened. Um... And then you can chime in on the last two, Marty. Also, I mean, the first four, you could also just say plot-wise, why it sounds, you know, how it sounds. Do you yep. know you didn't watch it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I created an outline of how I think, how I would have written the season personally, mm-hmm. very roughly, because um, I'm not a professional writer. Um, but we'll go more into that later. So episode one, Winterfell. So I'm going to read the, uh, the general synopsis here. Yeah. <laughs> It was directed by David Nutter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, okay. So, upon reaching Winterfell with their combined armies, John and Daenerys learn the army of the dead has breached the wall and the Night King commands the undead Viserion. The northern houses and their allies rally around Winterfell, but distrust Daenerys and doubt Cersei's pledge to send troops. Euron returns to King's Landing with the Golden Company and entices Cersei to consummate their union. On Cersei's orders, Kyburn hires Bronn to assassinate Tyrion and Jaime, Theon rescues Yara, who then sets out to retake the Iron Islands, while Theon returns to Winterfell. At Winterfell, Jon reunites with Bran and Arya, and later learns to ride Rhaegal. Sam meets Daenerys, who states that she executed his father and brother. Sam reveals to Jon that he is actually Aegon Targaryen. At House Umber's seat of Last Hearth, Tormund and Beric encounter Ed and other Night's Watch members. They find the castle's occupants dead, and the white of Ned Umber is left as a gruesome message. Jamie arrives at Winterfell, where Bran awaits him. So that was the first episode. Uh, all that took an hour. <laughs> Sorry, what did you think of the first episode? I liked it. Okay. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed that everyone just finally got back together again after seven seasons of basically being apart. Mm-hmm. It was really heartwarming. There was a lot of good reunions, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. Especially that... <laughs> the, the final shot of the episode was Jamie coming to Winterfell and then just, like, locking eyes with Bran. Yeah. And then it just, like, cut to credits. And oh, I, yeah. I thought that yeah. was a really great way to end it. Um, I like how he says, waiting for an old friend. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely had... Um, some issues with the first episode, specifically the um, the scene with John and Daenerys when they go dragon riding uh, was very very long, um, 
and then you had like somebody since you didn't watch it they go to this waterfall uh-huh. and they're like holding each other and they're talking about oh we could just stay here uh and nobody would know you know and then john's like oh we have duties yeah. Um, and then well, they kiss. And then it yeah. does, like, this comedic shot of, like, the dragon giving John, like, a, you know, like, the angry dad look kind of thing. And, oh, I just hated it. <laughs> Let me just say, uh, when John and Ygritte were a thing, mm-hmm. she, they did the same thing. Yeah. They wanted to go into a cave and just never come out. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels between... John and Danny in this season, and Ygritte and John. Which, no, with, okay. I, I'm going to say right off the top that I did not like this season very much. And because of what I found to be a, a severe lack of quality writing, I feel like that relationship, there's that mirroring relationship there just because they didn't know how to write a satisfying relationship. Like, it, it didn't seem purposeful to me, you know, where it was, like, kind of winking, like, oh, see, see how this is just like Ygritte mm-hmm. again. It just kind of felt like, well, it worked when we did it with Ygritte, so let's try it with Daenerys here, even though it's an entirely different character. I don't know, did you feel that way, or did you, did you, I did I never bought the romance at all. I didn't, it didn't feel natural. Yeah, they had, they had negative like, chemistry. Like, they, they were, just had the romance because it was romance. They didn't really hint to it at all. They had such negative chemistry together that I felt our chemistry going away. <laughs> wow. It was leeching chemistry well, away from us. From like everything I saw, like even in like season seven, yeah. like developing it, is like it just doesn't make any sense for Daenerys to uh, come around that quickly. You know, the entire like the entire like Game of Thrones series she's been all about like even with uh, you know the past lovers and everything yeah I forgot what was Dario fucking Dario you know and she's still like nope you know I'm the one still in charge I can yep. do whatever I want and it's like why is John all of a sudden her weakness cause they're cause he's her nephew <laughs> she can smell the Targaryen blood in him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's a that's the big thing out of the last couple of seasons is just goes right along with that. It feels like everything that happened, I'm just thinking to myself, I don't think that's what the character would do. Yeah. Just over and over and over. Like all the characters that they developed, they just get rid of a hundred percent of their development. Yeah. For every character. Yeah. Um so I think we should move on to episode two then. I'm thinking we can kind of do... I want to get to the ones that are a little bit more to talk about to them. Okay. Uh, unless you had any closing thoughts on episode one, Soraya? Mm-mm. Okay. Overall, I thought it was a fine episode. I really liked it. Um, it had its moments. Episode two, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Jamie reveals Cersei's deception to the Targaryen Stark Alliance and joins them after Brienne Vo- vouches for his loyalty. Jamie later apologizes to Bran for crippling him. Bran replies he harbors no anger and says they are no longer the same people. Tyrion loses Daenerys' trust for having believed Cersei, prompting Jorah to ask her to forgive Tyrion's mistakes. Citing their mutual love for Jon, Daenerys tries and fails to gain Sansa's trust after refusing to give assurances about the North's fate. Theon, Ed, Tormund, and Beric arrive at Winterfell, with the latter three reporting the undead army's impending arrival. 
Bran proposes that he lure out the Night King, who wants to destroy the Three-Eyed Raven. The others agree, with Theon and the Ironborn offering Bran protection. Arya seduces Gendry. <laughs> That's the whole sentence. Jaime formally anoints Brienne as a knight. Jorah fails to dissuade Lyanna Mormont from fighting, and he receives House Tarly's ancestral sword as a gift from Sam. As the army of the dead approaches, Jon reveals his Targaryen lineage to Daenerys. Um, this was my favorite episode of the season by far. I would also say yes. That there, was my favorite. Especially because, which, and, and <laughs> what I find kind of frustrating is that it's also easily the least viewed. Um, looking at the episode ratings, first one had 11.76 million, this one had 10.29 million, then 12.02, 11.8, 12.48, 13.61. Hmm. So it had like at least a million and a half less viewers than the next lowest one. Um, but this one's easily the best because uh, it's all character moments. And it has a lot of really great character moments. Yes. Um, and it's funny, but like there's this constant tension to it. Because like, you know the battle's coming. And the episode kind of does a good job of sort of setting up suggestions of who's going to die based on like character arcs that all ended up being wrong. You know, like I myself included, I thought Brienne was gonna die because I was like, oh, she's knighted, her character arc's done. But you know, you have so many like unique little interactions. Um, like, there's the part. So, uh, one of the larger scenes is a lot of the characters sitting around a fire just talking the shit because they can't sleep before the battle. Mm -hmm. And like Tormund tells the story of why he's so why he's called Tormund Giant's Bane. Mm -hmm. and it's because he killed. <laughs> it's like this horn of milk and first he tries to get Brienne to fuck him because <laughs> he walks over he's like you know we might die tonight maybe we should do something <laughs> um, but then he tells a story about how he's called Giant's Bane because when he was a teenager he killed a giant and then late got into bed with the giant's wife and the giant's wife woke up and then nursed Tormund at her teeth for like three months and he just chugs his milk, and it just comes spilling out over his entire beard. It's the most disgusting fucking thing. Oh my but it's god! Great. It's hilarious. Um, there's like great performances. Like I, I, thinking about this episode, I can't think of anything that I would cut. I honestly don't remember much. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I, I thought it was a great episode. It was really good. Um, which I also saw after it came out, you know, I was looking at the sort of public reception, at least within my bubble. And I saw a lot of people complaining that it was boring. <laughs> that See, it was they complained it was about boring. the first and second episodes. That's always what frustrates boring. me. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, why do people just want action and, like, direct conflict all the time? Like, I. The real magic of Game of Thrones really came from the character moments and, yeah, you know, the internal monologues and that sort of thing. I think there's just an audience out there, you know, especially with how big the show's gotten now, that that's just not what they care about. I mean, um, I watch a lot of Funhouse, and they did their own podcasts talking about it. And one of them came under uh, fire recently because he was talking about how much, how this was his favorite season. Because he thought that seasons one through six were all boring, and he wanted to stop watching them. 
and then he loved seven and eight because he was like, this is what I've been waiting for the whole time. It's finally the payoff. Just the action? Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, to that each was their Lawrence, own. Lawrence, wasn't it? No, it was Bruce. Oh. Lawrence doesn't watch the show. But, you know, it's just, huh. I think it's just preference. It just, it just sucks seeing the show lose so much of itself, I think. Especially after so long. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like since it was the end, the writers were just like, let's quickly get this done so we can stop doing it. Yeah. So we can go do Star Wars. They want to go do Star Wars. Fucking Star Wars! This is why I hate you! <laughs> See, I mean, I would jump on a chance to do Star Wars, but I mean, at least just pass the torch off. Especially since it's rumored they might do Old Republic. I can't be mad if they do Old Republic. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 3, The Long Night. The record-setting, longest-filmed battle in history. The living army meets the army of the dead outside Winterfell. The initial Dothraki charge is obliterated, and the Unsullied are quickly overwhelmed. Ed is killed while saving Sam. The survivors retreat into the castle as Melisandre ignites the defensive fire trench surrounding Winterfell to delay the advancing horde. Jon and Daenerys engage the Night King on their dragons. The Whites invade Winterfell, overpowering the defenders and killing Lyanna Mormont. Beric dies defending Arya. Jon and Rhaegal knock the Night King off the Sarian, and Daenerys burns him with dragon fire, but it has no effect. The Night King then raises slain Winterfell defenders, including the dead entombed in the crypt where the non-combatants are attacked. <laughs> After White's pulled Daenerys from Drogon, Jorah is fatally wounded defending her. The Night King arrives at the Godswood for Bran and kills Theon. Arya ambushes the Night King, stabbing him with her Valyrian steel dagger. The Night King and his White Walkers shatter, causing Viserion and the Whites to collapse. Her purpose served, Melisandre allows herself to die from old age. So, there's a lot that I like about this episode. There's a lot that I hate. Um, I don't think I liked much. The initial Doc Rathy charge was fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, so, how that worked, Marty, <laughs> is they're all waiting. The night army's, like, far off in the distance. Wait, let's just say, hold on. You can't even see. It's a very dark episode. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that when they when they lit it and when the cinematographer did his work because Game of Thrones has a really good cinematographer mm -hmm. um, it's made it's made it, it's shot like a movie which looks like shit when then it's compressed for cable and then compressed again for streaming mm -hmm. <laughs> so you cannot see anything for like a majority of it because it's all at night mm -hmm. But so, the Night King, the, the the White Walker army is off in the distance, and Melisandre comes back and lights all of the swords of the Dothraki on fire, and then they just charge their horses straight forward into the army and just all die, and yeah. that's how it starts. It's like, what the fuck were you expecting? Because <laughs> like, and it's not even like, the rest of the army charges with them. You know, like there's no arrows, and so it's like, so. Were you just hoping... Like, what's the best case scenario like you, you just, there? You're just hoping to take a chunk out of them or something and just sacrifice all the Dothraki? Like. Yeah, and then Daenerys fucks up the plan because that pisses her... Like, she hates seeing them go. Mm -hmm. So she ruins... Because originally they're like, all right, uh, Jon and Daenerys are going to be off on the hill with the dragons so that when the Night King comes after Bran, they can surprise him. And she's like, fuck that. Because seeing that. But it's like, what did you expect? Like, you're charging just a group of horsemen into an army that's 20 times the size of your own. Did you think... Where would they go? <laughs> what's the what's the good scenario there? 
I mean, it's I, nonsense. You know, and that's Daenerys is like how her character developed. It turned into like instead of being really calculating and knowing like basically everything. Yeah. You know, like always knowing the right thing to do. Instead, she's like, I'm going to do the opposite of that now. Well, I feel you know, like I feel like Daenerys never knew the right thing. And that's what always frustrated me so much about her was that she was completely impulsive. Well, and it just always happened to work. I guess, yeah. And it's... Which I guess it's kind of like poetic, you know, that all of a sudden it's starting to catch up with her. But like... Yeah. On the other hand, it's... Like, the mistakes are getting stupider and stupider. Yeah. Especially when you're in a planning room with like all of the smartest, most tactically-minded people of the entire series. And you've just been hanging out on this island for a while, and then all <laughs> of a sudden, like, you know, getting groped by your brother. Yeah. And then uh, wrong with that. all of a sudden you're like, now I'm going to go do all this other stuff. <laughs> just, I'm a natural at it. I'm really good at it. I think so. <laughs> I'm the best. Um, let's see. Know. What else is there here? Uh, Ed Dine was fine, I thought. Um, I don't know how that struck you, Soraya. I didn't like it. No. Fucking Sam was just sitting there, petrified. Yeah. And he's like, Sam, let's go. And that's how he died. That's yeah, okay. he gets stabbed to the back of the head. It was all worth it so Sam could say that line at the end. Uh, <laughs> Everyone should vote for the king. Or um, the dragon uh, fight was okay, but you couldn't see what the fuck was happening. Uh, there's a weird scene in the middle where, like, over one... Right... right, right yeah. Winterfell, I was calling it White Run. I was watching Skyrim today. <laughs> um, Winterfell is completely overrun by White Walkers. But then they put in this weird moment, because at this point it's been like 30 minutes of nonstop mm-hmm. fucking action. They put in this weird scene where, like, uh, Arya is, like, in a library with, like, two or three White Walkers, and she's, like, stealthing around. That shit. just reminded me. It's so weird. Of Jurassic Park. It reminded me of um, the Resident Evil 2 demo that we played. Mm, yeah. Where there's like, you go into the library and you have to like sneak <laughs> around all those zombies on the ground. Floor. Yeah. I'm to give it to you. Go ahead. Um, I, but I mean, like some of the action was really cool when you could see it. Like what? Um, the section where Arya was fucking up White Walkers was pretty sweet. With oh, her little like spear dagger combo. Um, it, well, and another frustrating thing with this episode is it really solidified the feeling of, like, there not being stakes. Because, I mean, it's one thing to have... Because a lot of people complain about plot armor in these last two seasons. And I think sometimes it's not justified. Um, like, like in season seven, there's the episode where Jamie charges Daenerys when she's on the dragon. Uh-huh. And it breathes fire at him. Bronn tackles him into the water and he lives. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's plot armor. I didn't find that that bad, but in this episode, it's like every single scene of Brienne, she's like, gets knocked down and is covered in White Walkers. And is like screaming like she's about to die. And then it cuts, and the next time you see her, she's fine, and it happens again. And it does it with her, it does it with Jamie, it does it with Podrick. Like, it does it for every single character, but, like, nobody dies from it. Um, let's see, what else was there? Oh, I really liked the moment um, when John is knocked off of Rhaegal, and he's running at the Night King as he's raising the dead. I thought that was oh. a really sweet moment, because they're, like, I don't know, like, 300 yards away or something. And the Night King, like, turns to him and starts, like, raising his arms to raise the dead, and John's, like, sprinting. 
and it does like this real long shot as like the corpses are starting to get up around him and it's awesome looking it's really cool um i liked jorah dying not because i hate jorah but because i think that was the perfect time for jorah to die i think so too because he didn't get to see daenerys become a fucking monster exactly and, and i think with his plot arc he had to have a tragic end that was like somewhat redeeming like that for daenerys well, yeah. And then he didn't see her turn into a psycho. You know, especially after the whole arc about him getting, you know, the stone flesh. Yeah. You know, and coming back and finally being, like, kind of redeemed. Yeah. And able to, like, serve her again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it... I think that is good, in a way, like, that he was killed off, even for his sake. Yeah. Because uh, what what do you think would have happened to Jorah if he had lived and seen what had happened to, like, you he- know... He yeah, definitely would have tried to talk Daenerys out of But it went to work. She did. I don't know. It never works. Well, or maybe he would have been the only one that could, which would have been kind of cheesy. Or maybe she never would have snapped if she still had that support system. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's the way he kind of had to go out. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I also liked the redemption of Theon at the end. Um, he's a bit of a badass. Theon... It's really sad. There's a yeah, and there's so there's this moment where all of the like general White Walkers with like the long hair and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and the Night King just go walking into the Godswood, and it's just Bran and Theon left, and Theon standing there, and then Bran was like, "Theon, you're a good man," or something, and then Theon runs, and the Night King kills him. I have goosebumps thinking about it. Uh, it's really good. It's it's really good. Um, Arya killing the Night King was very stupid, but it was really cool. I was it. She fucking came out of nowhere. But that's why it's stupid. Oh, I guess. Cause like, what were the rest of the White Walkers doing? Cause she, they had like she was between the White Walkers and the Night King. But I think I think what she did was she became a, a White Walker herself. But they didn't show that. With her, yeah. But I mean, if they don't show it, you're making an excuse. If they don't show it, it didn't happen. But that's her thing, though. But they don't show She doesn't do it this entire season. Well, no, but she did it when she was Walder Frey. Well, yeah, but, but it's like... not this season. <laughs> she never does it. So you can't just say, well, maybe she was a White Walker, because they didn't show that. Because there are seasons of development for her whole, like, you know, she's a nobody type deal, you know, that could steal faces. And now she's a badass because of it. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that again. Yeah. But so. they don't... But, I mean, they don't show her doing it when she becomes Walder Frey. Yeah, but, but they show the reveal. You see the you see the results of it. Um, like you, they show her pull the face off. Like there was no if they if she did disguise herself as a White Walker, then they need to show her pull off the White Walker face, so that you're like, okay, that's how she got there. But how it is now, she just comes out of the shadows out of nowhere, and you have no idea where she came from. And either okay. way, I don't, I can't, I wouldn't really be able to believe it, even if they did show it. Because I feel like the White Walkers are this, like, kind of almost hive mind type magic yeah. force. I feel like they don't just look at someone and go, you look like a White Walker, so I'm not going to... You're probably a White Walker. I'm not it's gonna like The Walking you. Dead. You just have to cover yourself in blood. You know, I I, I feel like they would just sense it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's an assumption, but, like, based on the actions of how the White Walkers behave under the control of the Night King and the generals... Well, and even even moving beyond that of how she killed the Night King, I don't. I just don't think it makes sense for Arya to kill the Night King. 
that's like that that type because I watched the clip, you know, I, yeah. I've seen it, and it, that seems more fitting for like uh, if she would have done that to either the faceless man or you know the other woman. Yeah, you know, some kind of more human to human revenge kind of justice thing. Yeah, you know, because that's a little bit more of like you know you're gonna be sneaky with me. And, yeah, I'll stab you in the stomach. Well, and even even like because she has no relation to this White Walker threat whatsoever mm-hmm. leading up to this episode. Because even the episode beforehand, right before she fucks Gendry, she's like asking Gendry, what are they like? Mm. You know, so leading up to this, she's never even seen a White Walker. Like, whereas John has had all these seasons of like trying to stop it, building up to stop it. You know, like there's so many other characters, even like Barrack could have done it. You like, know, like there's so many other characters that have some sort of connection at least to the threat of the White Walkers and Arya just doesn't at all. I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about that, Sarah? Because I feel like you... I mean, you liked this part of Arya killing the Night King, right? Yeah, but I can see where you guys are coming from. <laughs> but so you just... It didn't stand out as weird to you? Like, it was just an exciting I... moment? Because it does a really good job of building up the tension and the suspense right before she does it. I'm just... I'm trying to play that that scene through my head, and it shows... I remember right before she pops out of the shadows, like, there was one of the white walker, I think it was a general, with the long white hair. Yeah. He's standing with the rest of them, and all of a sudden, like, a wisp of wind comes rushing by his hair. Yeah. You see his hair float. Yeah. So, I assume that that's Arya. Yeah. So, that means she's just fucking invisible. Or real fast. Yeah. Or maybe she was just like running off camera, I guess. But it made it seem like she was invisible because it was super close to him. Because you see his hair flow. So I don't know. I feel like she can't be invisible. No. I, but That's I, some Harry Potter shit. I swear to God, if you watch it, though. I believe you. I'm just saying that. You the, gotta watch that scene. Yeah. Because I, I swear it shows a side view of him and his hair um, blowing. blowing in the wind. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember it well enough. This was a long time ago. That was like a month ago already. Stop. <laughs> Alright, episode four. The Last of the Starks. Once again, directed by David Nutter. Um, the survivors mourn and bury and burn the dead. Daenerys legitimizes Gendry as a Baratheon, naming him Lord of Storm's End. Arya declines Gendry's marriage proposal. Jaime and Brienne become lovers. To protect her claim to the throne, Daenerys wants Jon to conceal his true parentage. Bronn arrives to kill Jamie and Tyrion for Cersei, but spares them in exchange for being promote, promised Highgarden Castle. Jon reveals his Targaryen claim to Sansa and Arya, swearing them to secrecy. And wanting Jon as king, Sansa tells Tyrion, who informs Varys. Arya and the Hound head for King's Landing, bent on revenge. Tormund return, returns north with the Wildlings, taking Ghost at Jon's request. Daenerys and her fleet set sail for King's Landing, while Jon leads the Northern Army. At Dragonstone, Euron's navy ambushes her fleet, killing Rhaegal and sh- with ship-mounted scorpions. Masande is taken hostage. Daenerys considers seizing King's Landing. God, I cannot talk. Daenerys considers seizing King's Landing using dragon fire. Varys and Tyrion debate whether Jon would be a better ruler than Daenerys. Jaime feels compelled to return to Cersei despite Brienne's plea that he stay. Cersei defiantly refuses Daenerys' demand to surrender and has Masande beheaded from an. Before an enraged Daenerys and Grey Worm. What do you think of episode four, Sreya? 
don't. I remember you being properly shooketh from the uh, untimely death of Rhaegal. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. And it was so violent and so fast. <laughs> and just... It... It did shooketh me. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only person in existence, aside from maybe you, that just has no connection to these dragons. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about the dragons. I just... Uh, it did not bother me watching them. I mean, it was like, you know, that sucks for them. But, like, I wasn't like, oh, my God, my babies. You yeah. know, like so many people were. Well, I think you and I are uh, much lesser fans of Daenerys in general than most people. That's true. I'm she not tends... a fan of Daenerys. Well, you you have, like, a dragon fetish. I don't. It's so... not a dragon fetish. <laughs> I just really, 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 really like dragons. You're like a dragon furry. They're so fucking uh... cool. <laughs> But for Marty and I, who do not have a dragon fetish, and who never really like, I never really liked Daenerys at all. No, she's probably like even in the like earlier seasons, her plot to me was like the least interesting. Yeah. I just wanted to get back to fucking Littlefinger and Varys. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, is there anything you liked in this episode, Sarah? Episode um, four. I liked. I don't. I'm, I'm, I don't remember anything from these last episodes. I liked the opening with all the dead. They just had like rows and rows and rows. That was really somber of pyres and where they burned them. Um, yeah, I did like the beginning. I liked. I liked kind of like the feast afterwards. I thought there were some good character moments. There was also a really bad character moment where they're playing Tyrion's game and he guesses that Brienne's a virgin. Oh. And she gets all embarrassed Ooh. when, like... And then fucking Jamie goes after her. Well, and, and it's just... Fuck. And it, it's so... It's such a stupid scene because she's late. She's a lady. She's royalty. Yeah. And so, in medieval times, if you're a lady and you're not married, you're supposed to be a virgin. Yep. Yes. But then she gets, like, all embarrassed about it. You know, like, it, it didn't fit. Um, Especially because she's such a, they build her up as such an independent, like, I don't give a fuck, I don't need anybody type yeah. character. You know, like, she only lives to serve, basically. Yeah. I feel like character that doesn't... Character development. Goodbye, character development. <laughs> I don't like you anyway. Um, I did like the sex scene with Jamie and Brienne, though. I thought that was really well done, where they're both, like, it's super awkward, and neither one of them really wants to, like, be vulnerable like that in front of the other one. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was cool. I like that Padraig got a three-way. Um, <laughs> With who? Just like two random Winterfell wenches. Yeah, he would. Like one wants to, he's about to bane one, and then one wants to bane the hound, and the hound literally growls at her. And you see Padraig in the background walking up with both of them. Mr. Big Dick. Padraig and his magic cock. Um, I liked the interaction of Tormund and the hound. I thought that was cool. I don't remember. Where uh, after Jamie, because when Brienne storms off, Tormund goes to go after her, and then Jamie stops Tormund and goes after him. And so there's a, there's a short scene where Tormund sits down. He's like sitting down with the hound, and he's completely shit faced. And he's like, "My heart's broken, Clegane." And he's just like pouring himself out to the hound, and the hound just does not give a shit whatsoever. Well, the hound is the perfect guy to talk about that stuff with, because <laughs> he's not gonna have a conversation and try and convince you of anything. He's so empathetic. <laughs> And then Tormund fucks some Winterfell wench, and he's fine. Um, I like. I also like Tormund going back to the north, being like, "Well, 
I don't give a shit about any of this now. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, John leaving Ghost was really stupid, though, and was clearly just to save on the CGI budget. Everyone hated that. Yeah. Everyone bitched Especially because you didn't pet him. Um, Masande getting taken hostage, I have some issues with. Yeah, all she did was fall off the boat. Well, and because... Like... So the whole thing with the boats is dumb. That it, came, it was a surprise and that they got, like, four super accurate shots off and nailed Rhaegal. It's a ship. surprise just like the other four surprises with their ships. Pretty much. Daenerys kind of forgot about his fleet. But <laughs> my other problem with taking Masande is because they, they fuck up the entire fleet with these scorpions. And this fleet is Tyrion, Varys, Grey Worm, and Masande. Of those four people, why the fuck do you take Masande? She just she's just, nobody. She's just a friend. Yeah. Like you could take the hand of Queen Daenerys, her general, or her other great advisor, Master of Whispers. But you take the slave girl that's just her BFF. You know, and the only reason in my eyes that she, that happened to her, you know, her plot like ended like that, yeah, was just to give Daenerys another reason to say like to snap, and another reason for Grey Worm to snap. Yeah. You know. That's it. Should we move on to episode five? All right, episode five, The Bells. I watched this one. <clears throat> oh, I did like, though, in episode four. I did like Tyrion and Varys talking about John being king instead of Daenerys. Mm-hmm. That scene felt very old Game of Thrones to me, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Except for Tyrion being an idiot, because they don't know how to write Tyrion. Yeah. Anyways, episode five. Varys urges John to advance his claim, but the latter refuses to betray Daenerys. After learning of Varys' plot from Tyrion, Daenerys has Drogon burn Varys. Jamie is captured, but Tyrion releases him so he can persuade Cersei to surrender the city, then escape Westeros together. Jamie, Arya, and the Hound each infiltrate King's Landing. Dragonborn Daenerys destroys the Iron Fleet and most of the city's defenses, allowing her army to enter. Cersei's forces are quickly overwhelmed and the city signals its surrender, but an enraged Daenerys indiscriminately begins leveling the city, burning soldiers and civilians. The Allied army follows her lead, slaughtering all in their path, horrifying Tyrion and Jon. Jaime kills Euron, but is mortally wounded. The Hound convinces Arya to abandon her long-time vendetta and save herself, then fights the mountain. The brothers ultimately perish after falling from a tower into flames. Cersei and Jaime reunite, but are killed as the Red Keep collapses atop them. Jon calls for a retreat as frantic civilians flee the devastation. Arya barely survives. What did you guys think of the Bells? We'll start with why Arya and the Hound. I mean, I understand why the Hound wanted to go. Yes. You know, because he wanted to go after his brother, basically. That's kind of what it ended up being, the motive. Why did Arya want to go kill Cersei so bad? I understand that that was her thing, but does that really seem like the time? Especially since the plan was that, you know, they would surrender? Well, I think... Arya wasn't in on the plan that they would surrender. Mm-hmm. She didn't hold like any position whatsoever. And she's never in any of the planning scenes. So she's always just been hanging out and she's making her own plan. I'm going to go kill Cersei. Well, and I think her sort of justification for it is that she, just she wants to be the one to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because even, even when the Hound's telling her to go away, you know, and he's like, fuck it, like, something will kill her, let it go. Yeah. She's still like, no, I, I want to do it. Like, she's on my list, I have to kill her. Yeah, which, I mean, Arya's still one of my favorite characters, I think. Like, yeah. her character arc was probably one of the most interesting to me. 
but the part about maybe any almost any type of you know action drama whatever is like that type of determination at the end to just not say like yeah something else will get her maybe i should focus on important things like i could just never get behind that type of Vent, point, like the, a pointless vendetta. Yeah. Because before on her list, you know, she was out in the wilderness by herself. Like, that was her guiding, her driving force that kept her alive, I think. Yeah. You know, and then at that point, she was fine. She had everything again. You know, she had her family back. Yeah. You know, she had, like, a life. And she became, you know, instead of being just a nobody and, you know, Bravos or whatever. Yeah. She was Arya Stark again. And then she's like, no, no, I'm still going to. F- do the list. Well, I feel like she never wanted the family and stuff. Like, I don't think she ever really wanted that. I think she still was all well, about the revenge. But it's not a, a it's not about what she necessarily... It's... So many of these characters are just so driven by, like, I, I, I really want this that they just don't think about the practicalities of things. You know yeah. what I mean? Which I understand it's, an, it's a fucking action drama. Yeah. But, like... It just makes it hard to really get behind for me sometimes. You're just not passionate enough, Mark. I guess. <laughs> I'm like... You know how many burning buildings I've gone into to kill people? <laughs> yeah, it's like, focus on the important shit. You yeah. Know? Like, it doesn't mean you can't have, you know, action. Yeah. Or, like, vengeance or anything. It's just... I don't know. Sir, anything from episode five stick out to you? I called the hound pushing the mountain off the tower and falling into the fire. You did. Harry Potter like, style. How'd you guys like the Klee Game Bowl? It was fucking dumb. You didn't like it? No. Why? Well, because it was super cliche. I I thought it was really cool, but I kind of wish they got a little more personal with it. You know, it was their final confrontation, and all they do is just beat the shit out of each other. Like, it would have been nice if there was a little bit of, like... Some I, kind of development between them in a way. And can I just say that the mountain didn't look at all like the mountain? Well, he was a zombie, so... Yeah, but... I think it is a different actor. He looks... He doesn't look like the mountain at all. Yeah. I mean, I think they switched actors. Yeah. They could have done a better job covering that up. You want them to do a better job? Look what they fucking did to Dario. <laughs> He's completely different. <laughs> I think that I mean, was an improvement yeah. for Dario, though. Oh, it easily was. But the first one was like, that's some Fabio motherfucker. They clearly don't give a shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I didn't like it. No? No. I just... I just thought it was super textbook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I'll, I'll go on record. I liked the Clegane Bowl. It would have been interesting if the mountain showed a little bit of humanity for the first time in how long? Just a touch but then it's gone. You know what I mean? Well, what I kind of what I kind of liked about it was just how you know, Sray, you were talking about how generic it is. And it is pretty generic and by the books, but I liked just how like it was just so brutal. Oh yeah. It was like just two rocks hitting each other. Yeah. You well, know, especially when the mountain was just like just started out just by picking them up and fucking throw them into the wall, pick them up, throw them into the yeah. wall. You know, and, and then like and then there's the part where like He's got the hound up and he's just stabbing him. He's just yelling, fucking die. And it's just, I feel like it's such a perfect, um, it, I felt like it really matched those characters really well. True. Of that sort of fighting style. Where like, cause the hound's, like he's not a swordsman. No. He's just a brute. <laughs> and as far as 
the mountain being so inhuman. I almost like that. I like that too because it reads better to me as sort of what he's become to the hound. That's true. Because he's not a dude anymore. No, that's he hasn't been for seasons. You know, he is just like this disgusting manufactured husk. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, that's what the hound needs to confront more than anything else. Which is good from the hound's perspective, but they they hinted almost at the mountain still having a touch of his like memory and humanity in there. Like at least in his recognition of the hound and his like anger towards him. Yeah. Um that it was it was just there enough where I feel like it was missing something, but it had to be something really subtle, but I it wasn't there. I don't know what it is. I can't tell you. <laughs> Sarah, you were about to say something. Why the fuck did he end up not obeying Cersei? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. You yeah, know? I think the only excuse would be that he recognized the Hound, but that's really stupid. That part is very stupid. However... I love how he kills Kyburn. I was just about to say, him killing Kyburn is one of that the best parts of the whole season. Kyburn's <laughs> oh, yeah. just this conniving, like, you know, I'm always going to weasel my way in, and he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> Slap his head rock. <laughs> his whole back of his head just explodes. <laughs> it's also stupid how, like, he takes a step forward, and Cersei's like, stay by my side. And it's like, don't you want him to fucking protect you? Like, you don't know what the Hound's doing. The Hound could be there to kill you. He's got to go fight him. Yeah. Which also didn't make much sense, but... I think uh, she was just scared. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. All, all, he really, all she really had at that point was the mountain, considering the Hound fucking killed every single one of her other gods. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do you want to say something else about it? No, I just... Fucking Cersei. <laughs> um, so what did you guys... Speaking of Cersei, she, one, she sucks this season. Because she doesn't... She, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't suck. The writers for her sucked because she doesn't do anything. She just broods. Yeah. Um, what'd you guys think of her and Jamie's death? Being crushed by the right keep? I was disappointed. Yeah. I wanted something more violent to happen to her. Mm. I, I, I get why they did it, you know. Because they kept kind of foreshadowing, like, you know, everything falling down around her. But... And, you know, her and Jamie dying in each other's arms. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I get why they did it. I totally do. But I, I but I have to say, I did like how she kind of was almost the most human that she ever really was. Right at the end. Right at the end. Where she she was genuinely just scared and, and showed it. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's been overwhelmed before, but always had kind of a stone face about it. Yeah. So it was kind of, I, I liked seeing her kind of break a little bit. But, I don't know, it seemed just kind of like a cheap, cheap death, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which, because she was just alone, no one knew she died, really. She just kind of was off in the background, no one was paying any attention to her. She wasn't important anymore, mm-hmm. which is, again, poetic in a way, but after all of, all eight seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, it would have been nice to have more interactions at the very end, instead of just her being alone with Kyburn and then Kyburn yeah. dying and then you know the mountain leaves her and then it's just Jamie like there's nothing else yeah um so the two last things I want to talk about this episode um sorry how would you feel about Varys' death right at the start of the episode I really fucking hated Tyrion for it you ran him out yeah yeah like what the fuck I think that's where I started really seeing that they wrote Tyrion really badly in this season. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. It's painful to have to make you sit through this podcast because I can tell how sad you are about these last two episodes. It was very anticlimactic for me. Yeah. I, I did I did sort of like how subtle it was about Varys trying to poison Daenerys. Like, I thought that was kind of cool when the girl comes in, you know. Mm. She's like, oh, he's, she's not eating. Um, I like that scene. Uh, the rest of it I hated. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to say what I would have liked to have happened, but that's in my outline, so mm-hmm. I'll save that for later. Um, the, the last, or did you have anything to say about Panaris? Well, again, but with like Tyrion's reaction to him, I mean, because Tyrion's always been in a way trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, even if it might not necessarily feel right in the moment. Yeah. And so far, he's had a pretty good sense of what the reality of the situation is. Yeah. And this is the one time he's just, like, totally wrong. And, like, to, to he has the most blatant fact staring in his face for the first time in the entire series. Yeah. And this is the one time that he's like, no, oh, everything's fine. I have to stand by this one thing. Even though he's been the one to abandon what he think originally thought was right. You know? Yeah. He's been smart enough to learn. Like, they, make, they even make a big deal of it this season where they're like, where Jorah goes to Daenerys and is like, he learns mm-hmm. really well. And that's hard to find, but he just doesn't hear. Yeah, and it's such a shame, because especially after all the build-up with Varys, and you would think that he would start to build, develop some trust in Varys, yeah. too. Because the whole deal was that Varys was the one person Tyrion could trust. Mm-hmm. And he said that. Yeah. You know, and now he's just like, no, I don't trust you, Varys. Yeah. Like, it would have been nice to see him almost like finally listen to someone else's plan instead of trying to do it himself yeah yeah but oh well i think i think these last two episodes um really go with the whole trying not to be a cliche subverting expectations yeah which is a big trend that i've been seeing come up more Mm -hmm. with film and television. I fucking hate it. I really hate it too. Because there's there's something to be said that yes, subverting expectations can be good. But when you're doing it with like every single season, just over and over with major things. Well, and not only that, but the other thing is that it needs to make sense. Um, and I think the other big one that really did it very poorly was The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Where it's like that and then this season of Game of Thrones, they care so much about shocking you. That they just lie, right? Where they they're like they're setting it up, and you're like, okay, um, this makes sense. This feels right. Naturally, it's going to lead to this. But then it just does something completely out of nowhere that you never could have predicted. It's like M Night Shyamalan, right? Where he's like, where it's like he has this big twist, and he's like, haha, look how fucking stupid you are. I got you. But it's like you're cheating because you're not giving me all the information. Right? You know. I think it's a good thing to try and subvert expectations if it's done right. Like, you know, leave clues. We're watching it a second time. You can see the build-up to yeah. that. You know, so that way you can say, like, oh, that's smart. Yeah. You know, if I would have paid more attention, I might be able to put the clues together. But so many things nowadays are just, like, shock for the sake of shock. And there's you don't get that trail of breadcrumbs leading to it. Yeah. And, it, and that was one of the best things about Game of Thrones was, like, you had, like, the red wedding, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Super shocking when you first watch it. Mm-hmm. But when you go back, it all makes sense. Yep. And it's like, okay, here's where Rob fucked up. 
You could clearly tell that this is where it went wrong. Here's the consequence now. And this just not here. Well, <laughs> and, it's, and it's so annoying and it's so frustrating when it's just well it's frustrating just because you know they could do better yeah yeah because we've already seen they're better yeah um alright on to episode 6 the Iron Throne following the battle the Unsullied execute captured soldiers upon Daenerys' orders Tyrion finds Jaime and Cersei dead in the ruins Daenerys rallies the Unsullied and Dothraki declaring she will lead them to liberate the entire world Tyrion denounces her and resigns his hand, then is imprisoned for treason to await execution. Arya and Tyrion separately warn Jon that Daenerys is a threat to him and House Stark. Jon confronts Daenerys and, unable to halt her destructive path, kills her. Drogon melts the Iron Throne, then carries Daenerys' body away. Tyrion proposes that all future monarchs be chosen by Westerosi leaders rather than through familial succession. Bran Stark is proclaimed king, titled Bran the Broken. He grants Sansa of the North's secession as an independent kingdom and appoints Tyrion as his hand. Jon is sentenced to the Night's Watch to appease the Unsullied, who then sets sail for Noth, Masande's homeland. Tyrion reorganizes the small council, Bran, Bronn, Davos, and Sam, to rebuild King's Landing. Podrick is knighted. Sansa is crowned queen in the North. Arya sets sail to explore west of Westeros. Jon rejoins Tormund and goes to Castle Black, leading the wildlings north of the Wall. End series. I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want to pause or something? No. Oh, just stretch. Yeah. I kind of like how Daenerys did end up being like all the other Targaryens. I, I hate how they did it, but yeah. I kind of like what that result was. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been rooting for that for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the way they did it, it's just nonsensical. But just look at, looking at the end as in, as that's the one picture you get, Yeah, I kind of actually like how everything turned out. I don't like how it got there, but I can kind of settle with how things ended up. I don't like Bronn as king. Or Bran. Bran, yeah. It's, um, I, I just not, their justification for it just doesn't no, make I, sense. I guess not so much him, but the rest of the characters on like what yeah. became of everybody. John, I like. Sansa's fine. Arya, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. But she's kind of a hard character to end in a way that's not death, I think. Yeah. Um, um, Drogon fucking off is fine. Uh, Tyrion being handed the king is fine. Sorry, what, what, what did you think about this one? I wish Sansa didn't become queen. Why is that? Because in a way, it's basically what she wanted throughout the entire um show yeah you know and I just I feel like there was always a part of her that was still just self-serving herself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I didn't want her to get that satisfaction see I, I feel like that's true but the experience she had like being tossed around with Littlefinger and all that she kind of saw the reality of you know what it takes of yeah of politics and how to lead and what not to do and even if she wanted it you know and she thought she was the best job like best at the job I feel like she actually was the most qualified to do it you know and I think because of those experiences and that confidence I feel like she is probably the best ruler to have for the north because she was competent you know what I mean yeah 
how, I can see it. You know, when she's, like, feuding with John and everything, it's like, yeah. she is kind of, yeah, she shouldn't just, you know, like, contradicted him in front of everybody. Yeah. But she was right, for the most part, you know? Mm. So, I'm kind of a Sansa. I think it stems from her kind of basically starting all of it with her love for Joffrey. <laughs> you know? So you're still holding on to your, like, season one and two Sansa yeah. hate. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of what she did in the earlier seasons is what fucked everyone else over. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's those experiences, and because I think she, you know, she knows what she did, you know, and I feel like she's aware of it, uh-huh. and I feel like those experiences are what give her the perspective to actually be an effective, you know, politician. I just, for once, I didn't want her to get what she wanted. Yeah. Because it seemed like throughout the entire show, she was always getting what she wanted. Well, like she got, she got Joffrey, even though he was a fucking monster. You know, she like she went to King's Landing. Yeah. She no. got away. I think you're justified. Um, totally. But. She took back Winterfell. <laughs> like, and then she wanted the North to be its own kingdom, and she got that too. That was weird. Well, that that whole end bit. We don't talk about that bit. That was very stupid. Um, her being able to just be like, ah, now the North's not up for yeah, it. Yeah, and now everybody's agreeing with everybody. Yeah. You know, especially when two seconds earlier, Yara's like, fuck you. Yeah. You know? So, what, one of the other issues I have is the small console. I don't want Bronn on the small console. Bronn being the master of coin makes no fucking sense. It's fucking dumb. Also, we did not touch on the stupidness that was him threatening Jamie and Tyrion. Oh, yeah. That completely came out of nowhere and did not fit his character development whatsoever. It's but nobody's character stupid. development mattered. Uh, but him being the hand of King, or the master of coin is really stupid. Especially when he's like, well, we gotta rebuild brothels before ports. And I, I, Marty, you said a joke that I, I thought really summed up that scene well, where it was like it was just like playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, pretty much. Like, where like he, he, he's the rogue that's just like chaotic neutral, you yeah. know. And I, he's the Soraya character. Shut up! But no, they, they <laughs> ham-fisted his character so much at the end. They're oh, like, yeah. remember, Bronn's always been that kind of rough kind of guy like that. Yeah. Let's just throw it in everybody's faces. Look, he's still the same old wacky guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's that. Uh, Sir Davos, I think, is good for the small council. I think he definitely deserves to be there. I agree. Brienne, I'm not... I'm not digging. What did she really do? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess you could maybe say that Tyrion appointed her because she knew he knew about her and Jamie, And he did it for Jamie, kind of. Eh. Eh. That'd be the only... I feel like that's a little... That's the only thing that I could think of. Especially because, like... They basically threw that away when Jamie went back to Cersei. Yeah. But well, but then they didn't because then she went and updated his book. Yeah. And was like, oh, I still love him. And it's like... Also, what about Jamie's fucking character progression? Oh, that was completely fucked. Well, like, what? What? They were yeah. doing so good, too. Oh, yeah. Like, it, he was one of my favorite characters. Like, he was my favorite, I think, at the start of the season. Especially at the end of season seven when Serena and I watched that episode. I was so fucking hyped that he left Cersei. Mm-hmm. Because I, I liked how he was always morally gray, mm-hmm. but like how they tried to keep him gray here just did not fucking work at all. It they had him. Sense. They had him sp- like be gray by going full white, full black, full white, full black. Yeah. You know, and then the averaging out to being yeah. somewhere in the middle. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Who else yeah. is left? I think that was pretty much everything. There. Oh, John killing Daenerys was stupid. 
You called that from... I, I, I yeah. Again, I, <laughs> I wanted it, I expected it to happen. I hate how they did it. Oh. Like, they tried to make it, like, Shakespearean almost. Yeah. With, like, yeah. the, the kiss and then the stab and then the two poetic trails of blood down the side of her face. It just does not feel like Game of Thrones. And then Drogon fucking melting the throne is the stupidest goddamn thing. Except it's not because Sam bringing out a song of ice and fire and saying Tyrion isn't even fucking in it. The dude that was a hand for, like, three different fucking kings, including the one that won... Isn't in the history book? He defended King's Landing. How is he not in the book? Because he's a fucking imp. Oh, oh, I hated it so much. It was uh, so stupid. It was so such a cheap... That whole fucking small council scene sucked. I feel like I missed something, too. What happened to Gilly? She got pregnant with Sam's kid, and then she never popped up again. <laughs> also, during the Battle of Winterfell, what the fuck was with Bran... Warging into the crows. He does nothing this entire season. Because yeah. there's, there's the part when he's in the godswood and he goes into a flock of crows and he yeah. controls them upwards yeah. and the camera follows them and they fly past the Night King. Yeah. So I was like, okay, they're, that'll be interesting. They're off to do something conniving, you know? Yeah, and then just nothing happens with it. And then also before the Battle of Winterfell, Tyrion asks Bran about his story. And he's like the first fucking person to talk to him about it. And so you would think that that would somehow reincorporate into the series, but all it reincorporates into is Tyrion being like, he has a good story, he should be king. I also, I forgot that they didn't even show that conversation. That would have been such a good conversation oh, to show. They, they didn't show that conversation? They didn't show the conversation of John revealing who he actually is to Sansa and Arya? Ugh! Like, they just, they, they would set up... such good shit! They would set up good conversations and then be like, nah, you can imagine Because they it. got fucking <laughs> they were like, how are we going to write that? Never mind. It's interesting how John's like still totally fine with like banging his aunt. <laughs> and he, after he knows, he's like, that's yeah, fine. To be fair, he's not. There, there's multiple scenes where she wants to and he's like, yeah. Oh. And Den- but Daenerys is like, yeah, it's fine. Well. She's also crazy. Well, and I. I and also, like, she was raised around that. Yeah. That's true, I guess. She was raised with that incestuous. And that's, that's, they did bring that up in one of the post-episode interviews. Where they were talking about how she's fine with it because, like, that's just what Targaryens do. She always heard about it growing up. Well, and, and like, Missandei was talking about it, too. Yeah. You know? So it's, like, it's not as much of a culture shock for her, which I was fine with that. Yeah, I get it. That makes more sense. This uh, is why incest doesn't work. Until it does. Um, Except for John, the last the last one. He was all <laughs> about that, and he's like, poke. Oh, I also hated how they had Tyrion say he loved Daenerys. Because, like, they hint at it at the end of season seven during the boat sex, where, like, they show his face. Oh. But then, like, when he's talking to John this time, he's like, I loved her too. And it's like, why does everybody fucking have to love Daenerys? Because I, I like romantic. strong female character. She's a fucking psycho. Just, just to make it work in my head, I like to think that Tyrion was referencing her. He really liked the, he liked the idea that was Daenerys Targaryen. Which I would be okay with, except for, he says, not as successfully as you. Yeah. Which heavily implies I also wanted to fuck Daenerys. Well, exactly. And that's why I stopped whoring around. Ugh. Anyways, closing thoughts, season eight, then we're going to try and fix it real quick. Mm. Sreya, what would you rate Game of Thrones season eight? You know what? I'm going to give you guys both some time to think, because here's what I want to do. I want to rate seasons one through seven. 
as one block and then season eight. Yeah. I give season one through seven like an eight. An eight? Eight to a nine. Okay. Or one through seven. Yeah, did I say one through seven? Yeah. One through seven and eight to a nine. And what and would then, you give up season eight? I think I'd give season eight like a seven. Still a seven. That's pretty good. I. I mean, you did like four of the six episodes, so that doesn't make sense. Well, I liked the first episode. I really liked the second episode. I didn't like the Battle of Winterfell. What was the fourth episode? That's where Masande dies, right? Masande and the Syrian. Uh, or Rhaegal. Oh, that was so fucking dumb. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would say that I thought episode four was like okay to a like okay. for me. Season episode five. I would give. Is that the one I thought that was? It started off shitty and then it got better for me. Mm-hmm. And then season, ah, fuck, episode six was like an okay. Okay. So yeah, I'd give it like a seven. Seven. Six and a half to seven. Okay. Marty, what about you? Uh, I want to. Say maybe seasons one through six, and then seven, and then eight. That's also what I was going to do. Because <laughs> uh, one through six was probably an eight for me. I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I was getting really into it. And then seven started to break it a little bit for me. Um, but it was still like, there was still, still some good character development, some plot being built. And then season eight, I only watched episodes four and five, or five and six. Yeah. And I would give it like a five, six. Okay. Because they... They were still, like... And that's only for the story. The rest of it, like... Technically, they're super well done. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's... The acting's still really good, still. Like, as far as, like... You know... They're still believable performances, even if their characters aren't... What you... I feel like that's what's so frustrating about it, is it's so clear that everybody else cares so much and loves it so much, except for the writers. Yeah. You know, it's... Because you can see that the actors are so attached to their characters. I mean, you've seen the interviews and stuff yeah. and what's happening to all the actors after Harrington's in rehab because he doesn't want to stop. Yeah, you know, and it's Did you also hear about uh him in Longclaw? Oh yeah. Where he asked did you hear about this Raph? No. Kid Harrington asked HBO if he could keep Longclaw. Like, one of the two uh Longclaws that they used for filming and HBO said no. Oh <laughs> yeah. why? I'm assuming because either they want to auction it or do a museum. I mean, there's already pieces, like, getting but, put out to museums. And that's stuff. why you have two. Well, because the, the one was the sharpened one, like, for, like, the ceremonial scenes and stuff. And then, and then there's... for a, the action. Yeah. But, yeah, whatever. I, I feel so bad for kids. You know, and that's that's the thing. I mean, this was, you know, a lot of the... The characters meant so much to these people. Yeah. And you could see that they kind of were hurt by throwing it away. Yeah. Like, even, even in the acting. And, you know... Graphically, it looked great. Oh. Like I loved watching the dragons burn the city. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so everything else about it was fantastic, aside from like the fact that they basically ruined what we thought the characters were. Yeah. Um, I think for me, season one through six would be a nine as a collective. Because mm-hmm. um, even even other like epic television series you know like like Sopranos um I feel like there's just something about Game of Thrones that's nope. just insanely big yes yeah. unique 
It's well because it's such a world that you can like you feel like you're part of. Yeah. Uh, and then season seven, I put it in a five. Um, because it got to the point where I just, I just, it's hard to care once you get halfway through. And then this season, I'd probably give a three or a four. Yeah. The only thing, honestly, the only thing keeping it from like a one or a two is how technically great it is. Everything but the writing. Yeah, well, I, I care a lot about writing. Um, as someone who likes to write, right? I care too. So that just really, really fucks it up for me, and I think that's why it's for me so so well because it disintegrates the entire world that we've built in our heads for how long yeah so I want to read you guys my outline that's not completely complete but that's fine cool I'm going to try and do this quick because we're yeah we're hitting hitting some time here and I am sweating my balls off right now yeah it's really hot it's really hot in sunny breezy Wisconsin (laughs) you guys ready yeah yeah episode one Jamie arrives in Winterfell. I'd open with that. Danny and Army arrive in Danny and Army arrive in Winterfell. Uh, you mean episode one, right? Yeah, episode one. Did I say season one? Yeah, episode one. Oh, also, I should say. So I limited myself to not only not undoing anything done in season seven, but also sticking with six episodes, mm-hmm. which sucked. Yeah. <laughs> because it's way too short. I know. They I think have, it's impossible. They should have done the full fucking season. Uh, but God damn it, did I try. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> um, so Jamie arrives in Winterfell. Danny and her army arrive in Winterfell. John has a reunion with Arya, Bran, and Sam. Tyrion and Sansa have their little reunion. Theon rescues Yara. Euron and Cersei talk and bone. Tormund, Beric, Ed, and the Hound talk at last hearth. It gets attacked. They flee. Kind of like how it happened, but they actually see the combat. Cersei talks to Kyburn about their army size. Um, you know, like real granular strategy stuff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, these are mostly plot points. Um, Sansa, Danny, Tyrion, John, Lady Mormont, Varys, and Davos discuss Edmure Tully and Robin Aaron not sending troops as well as their defense strategy. The Night King's army arrives outside Winterfell. That would be the end of episode one. Episode two is the Battle of Winterfell. During the Battle of Winterfell... Uh, Podrick dies from inexperienced fighting. He gets swarmed in front of Brienne. Brienne cannot save him. Uh, Jorah dies for Danny. Lyanna Mormont dies. Theon dies for Brand. Grey Worm dies uh, in a heroic stand, but kills the uh, the White Walker dragon. That's like his big heroic outing as he kills the dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Keep going. Uh, and then Ed also dies. Uh, for Sam. Okay. Uh, survivors retreat south as Winterfell burns. Uh, all the pe- thousands of peasants and northern soldiers, Dothraki, unsullied die. Cersei discusses the failure with Kyburn and Euron. Has Euron attack fleeing ships of Yara's that are fleeing with northern refugees? A few of Yara's ships barely survive, and with those, they take the Iron Islands while Euron is distracted. Sam tells John his heritage. At Bran's behest, Tyrion asks Bran to tell him his story. That's what I would have be episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I, episode two only? That's episode two. Huh. Um, so, some big changes here. Um, one, Podrick dying. I really like Podrick, but I thought that the Battle of Winterfell really needed some weight, and Podrick being... The uh, most inexperienced. 
inexperienced. The most inexperienced, so it's the most logical that he dies. And the most likable. The most likable, but also the least important to what happens the rest of the season. Yeah. And, and, and it could give more development for Brienne. Yes. Um, the other big thing is them losing the Battle of Winterfell. I thought that was important, so that the Night King actually felt intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, Cersei could have done something more. Yeah. Also, uh, Grey Worm killing the White Dragon. Um, I wanted that in there so that you you didn't have to keep dealing with the White Dragon at every battle because he kind of breaks everything. And then I also thought it would be a really great end for Grey Worm to die for Daenerys kind of like Jorah did because he sort of set up much like Jorah about this redeemed martyr figure who would do anything for Daenerys. Um, So I thought it would be nice to have both of them uh, you could kind of shoot it like going back and forth as they're both sort of dying in their final stand for Daenerys making an emotional moment for her. Uh, on to episode three. So Northers are north, open with Northerners at a camp discussing where to go. They decide on uh, claiming Highgarden. The Golden Company arrives at King's Landing. Danny and John argue about wasting her men in a pointless fight in the north. Arya and Hound sneak out of camp to head to King's Landing. Brienne and Jamie have a romantic moment. Sansa leaves to talk to Rob and Aaron. Varys talks to Tyrion about Dorne, and Tyrion uh, brings up Edmure Tully again. Gendry leaves to rally the Baratheon bannermen after Danny names him uh, a true Baratheon, much like he did in the actual seasons. Jon talks to Danny about heritage. Danny breaks down and is furious and yells at him, and then they split. Uh, not like break up, but they separate. Yeah. Uh, White Walkers continue moving south after raising the dead at Winterfell. Uh, so that's my episode three. Episode four. Arya and the Hound camping outside King's Landing talk about revenge and a little small talk. Sansa meets with Rob and Aaron to gain his aid. Just uh, like a small scene showing her arriving in the Vale. Cersei and Kyburn discuss how to stop Danny. They begin burning villages and towns that have pledged allegiance to Danny uh, to get people to not want to join her. Danny impulsively extends outside of Highgarden against Tyrion's wishes, despite so many people, so many of her supporters being gone. It's a trap, and Euron kills Viserion. So that's where Viserion dies now. You mean uh, Rhaegal? Rhaegal. I wrote down the wrong one. I, I always get the dragons mixed up. So I thought that, um, I'll come back to that. Uh, Varys sends a mysterious letter that it's not clear who to. Sansa manipulates Robin to pledge to help Danny's cause. Uh, Edmure arrives but refuses to help. Um, but he isn't like 100% sure. He's kind of like wishy washy on the idea still. And so Danny kills him brutally. Um, and then Masande and Danny grieve over the death of Grey Worm. And then end the episode with White Walkers being near King's Landing. Okay. Uh, so the big ones on that, I wanted, I wanted to have Viserion die again. Still, Rhaegal. I, I still have Viserion written down. I wanted Rhaegal to die, but I thought this was a better way to have it. Uh, again, going back to mistakes. So I thought it, it made more sense if Danny made a real, tangible mistake of reacting to like just the little attacks by Euron and overextending rather than her just forgetting that he has his fleet of ships. Yeah. Um, so that was episode four. 
And then episode five and episode six, I did not have completely fleshed out. But what I wanted, core-wise, was episode five would be a three-way battle at King's Landing. Between? Cersei's army would start fighting the Night King. Okay. And then Jon would convince Danny that that's their best chance to kill the White Walkers, is to go in and also help Cersei's army fight the White Walkers. But then after they defeat the White Walkers, which I wanted John to kill the Night King. I think he deserved it. I think so too. Uh, so I wanted John to kill the Night King, and then, like you, you, I wanted there'd be a moment where like they just barely beat them. They just barely beat them, you know. And then you'd have like the Barath, uh, Gendry's Baratheons show up, and like that's kind of like the turning tide, you know, because Game of Thrones likes doing that. They do it repeatedly. Yeah. Where like. The battle's almost lost, and then Stannis, Stannis comes in. Littlefinger comes in at the Battle of the Bastards. I thought you could do that again, but this time it's Gendry with the Baratheon bannermen. Okay. So then, and then you'd have a moment where the White Walkers are dead. Everyone's standing there, and then something like I was thinking. I was thinking Daenerys. This would be her breaking point again at King's Landing, but that would be where she then triggers the battle right away with Cersei. After they just defeated the White Walkers. Okay. So, like, everyone's exhausted, half the town's destroyed, and then Danny snaps, and they fight. They just go right back into it with each other. Um, and then that is when the Knights of the Vale would come. And instead of having Daenerys turn on the people of King's Landing, as the people, as the Knights of the Vale were coming... I also wanted Varys' letter to be to Dario. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they kind of forgot about him. Yes. So Dario comes with his reinforcements. And he's talking to Daenerys, right? And Daenerys is already pretty much snapped. But not all the way. And so then Dario sees that Daenerys is with Jon. Doesn't really care. You know, but... Because Daenerys is mad at Jon, she's like, now I want you, Dario. Like, she tries kind of, like, confiding in him because he's the last familiar person left to her. And he rejects her. And he's like, no, I'm not, you know, it's been years. You were kind of done with me. I came here to support you. Then I'm going back. She snaps and kills Dario, and then that's, like, her final breaking point. And so she goes crazy. She kills her own troops that Dario brought. She kills the Knights of the Vale. Um, and then she claims King's Landing as her own. I would love it if Robin Aaron died. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so that was going to be the end of episode five. Which was structured pretty similar to how it was with the ending being Daenerys breaking. Mm-hmm. And then episode six would be, again, much like it actually was, was people reacting to it. And so it would be Varys, Tyrion, and John talking, trying to get John on the throne. But then John would sell Tyrion and Varys out. Which I thought made a lot more sense than Tyrion because John's so honorable. Yeah. Right? Like, that's his thing. He's, he's honorable to a fault. It makes him an idiot. Yeah. So he sells out Tyrion and Varys. Oh, and Cersei's taken prisoner. Did I not say that? No. He's, she's taken prisoner. Kyburn dies. Uh, Clegane Bolt also happens. Because I like Clegane Bolt. They both die. Um, but Cersei's taken prisoner. And while she's prisoner, Jamie goes to talk to her, figures out that her pregnancy was fake the entire time, and then Jamie kills her. 
Okay. Do you think he would, though? I think he could. I think he could, too. I think he could, but I don't know if he would. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I, I think especially... Because when he leaves her at the end of season seven, he's so fed up with her bullshit. And then, like, the last thing that he's latching onto is that she's pregnant with the kid again. Mm-hmm. And I think if that was all a lie to manipulate him, I think that could make him snap and kill her. I could see it. Or I think... Or at least let something happen to her, you know? Yeah. But there's also... The reason I wanted Jane to do it is because in the books there's this prophecy oh, true. about how, like, he gets killed by a lover or, like, a relative kind of thing. So okay. it makes sense to me. Um, so she, he does that. The Hound died in King's Landing fighting the mountain. Uh, I also wanted the mountain to kill Kyburn because that's just poetic justice at its finest. Um, kind of like a Prometheus? Kind of, yeah. Kind of yeah, which they had in this season from him crushing his head on the wall. <laughs> they just didn't play it up. <laughs> um... So Jamie kills Cersei, and then Daenerys gets mad at Jamie and is going to kill Jamie, which makes Tyrion stand up for Jamie, uh, which then makes him agree. So he he gets Jamie free, you know, like out of it. But then that makes him agree with Varys that like Danny needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't really know how to do it. But then my idea of how it's done is that Arya off screen. And this is where I was getting frustrated because it was only six episodes, so it's impossible to fit all this shit in. Right. I know. Arya off screen took Dario's face. Mm-hmm. And so then there's a scene where like Daenerys is in a room or something, and Dario comes back and Arya fucking stabs her. That would be really and cool. And it takes off Dario's face and it's Arya. It t- comes back as the original Dario. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because if Daenerys killed Dario, yeah, like it'd kind of be like a poetic justice again. Yeah, like a really fucked up. Yeah, especially because like she wanted him back, so then like that, her brain would be broken. She'd be like, "Oh, he came back," not thinking that he, she fucking killed him. Yeah. But then John sees that, and John goes, "All right, fuck all this. I'm gonna go be the new wildling king." Just fuck all this. So he he goes back north. Oh, I also I also wanted Tormund to fuck off too. Okay. Um, sorry. I sh- I really should have finished writing all this down. That's fine. Um, but so, uh, John goes with Tormund, and he becomes like the new Mance Raider. Okay. Uh, leading the Wildlands, and then, um, so Danny's dead, and then Bran leaves with John. He's like, I'm above all this. I don't give a shit. And then I wanted it to end with there being a meeting of the lords, kind of like there was, to discuss a new king. Or queen. Or queen. Discuss a new ruler. But I kind of wanted to pull the Sopranos with it, where you never find out who they picked. Mm-hmm. Like, they're talking about it, and then just the audio cuts off as it's, like, zooming out, and you never know who they picked, and then it cuts to... Um, John in the north, and he finds he finds evidence of White Walkers again. It finds out what evidence of White Walkers. Um, I forgot oh. who who is the the sister that was helping Bran. I forgot her name. You know. Oh, oh. I don't know her name. Yet. But yeah. I think, especially after how you know she left. Yeah. I think Bran. It would have been better if Bran went back 
I guess it would kind of contradict the three-eyed raven bullshit. Yeah. But I feel like she's the only person that Bran really has a connection to at yeah. this point. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's why I thought it would be best for Bran to just, like, go back to the tree. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I'm just going to go be the three-eyed raven, because that's just what I do now. Yeah, I'm I above this. So that was that was my idea. It's not perfect, especially with the six-episode limit. But I, I really wanted to focus on still having political intrigue. Yep. Having Cersei actually have some agency, which it was hard to fit in. Um, especially when, like, when you're trying to figure out stuff that Cersei can do, it's hard, because there's only three characters there. Yep. You only have Cersei, Euron, and Kyber. Yep. Um, also, uh, I wanted... I can't remember who I wanted to kill Euron. But... I would have liked Theon or to kill. Yeah, Theon or Yeah, or that would have been good. That and I wanted I wanted Euron to die due to overconfidence. Mm-hmm. Which he kind of did. Kind well, of. A little bit. But it was so it was so contrived in how they did it. But yeah, that was my idea. It's not perfect, but I think leaving more of, a, of an ambiguous ending would have left people more satisfied than what they did. Yeah. Because then people can always imagine the ending that they wanted. Well, especially because the whole point the show is that it never ends. Yeah. So if you have a definitive ending like this, like I can't believe that brand the broken rules for three thousand years in peace. And that's what I was thinking about when they were showing what everyone was doing afterwards. And I'm like, so now everything's fine. Everyone's yeah. everyone's good. Like, show me how they're rebuilding after all that. Yeah. Fuck. Like it was a tr- like big turning point for everybody. Yeah. Like the normal people, even including you know the citizens of uh, King's Landing, whatever's left of them. Yeah. Like, are they just cool now? Hmm. I really, I really hate the writers. Yeah. They fucked up monumentally. Oh, I, some some points I forgot. Um, Brienne goes back north with Sansa to be her king, her Night king's guard. guard. King's guard. Um, and then the other big one that I really focused on was Jamie retires after killing Cersei. I think yeah, I think he finally needs his peace. Yeah, I thought that that made the most sense. Is like him and Bronn just go to Highgarden. And he's just a lord in Highgarden. He doesn't even wear his fake hand, and he doesn't care about his king car- his king's guard book not having anything in it anymore. He's just like, I'm just done. I could see him almost even just giving it to Bron Bron finally. Yeah. You know, and then just serving under him or whatever. That's that's what I was envisioning. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I had. That's gonna do it for this bonus episode. You can find us on YouTube and Instagram as default white guys. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud as Deus Ex Cinema. Thanks for listening. We fixed Game of Thrones. HBO, hire us. Mostly Soraya. She did most of the work. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs>